Welcome to the Wiser Wealth Management Roundtable, where we believe the best financial advice is always free of all conflicts of interest. I'd like to thank our listeners today for listening to our podcast. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please subscribe to us. I'm Brad Lyons, and with me is Matthews Barnett. Casey Smith is away, so it'll just be the two of us today. Matthews, how are you? Doing well. How's it going? Doing well, thank you. You know, as we thought about putting together this podcast, I thought that one of the things that you and I have a great deal in common is that we both have earned our Certified Financial Planner Certificate. And it occurs to me also that as the CFP board puts together these awareness campaigns to help the public understand what a Certified Financial Planner is and how to engage with one to get financial advice, that it might be an idea for you and I to explain a little bit about what the Certified Financial Planning Certificate is, how to get one, why it's in their best interest, our listeners' best interest to seek out a Certified Financial Planner, how we went about doing it, what it means to you and I to be a Certified Financial Planner, and what it means to this firm to hire Certified Financial Planners to, to serve our clients. So Matthews, why don't you tell us a little short story about how you came about your decision to become a certified financial planner. Yes, yeah, so I got in the financial services industry in 2012, uh, kind of learned a little bit more at that point, kind of what the CFP was. You know, it's kind of held to a higher standard than just the, uh, you know, financial advisor where you take maybe a, a few tests here and there, um, maybe study for three weeks or something. Uh, but this is really more detailed uh, and a lot more, uh, you know, analytical type skills um, from the planning side of things. There's other ways uh, that you can look at just investment analysis. Uh, but I really wanted to focus on just getting a, a better education uh, and just having those credentials, especially starting out in the industry at my age. Uh, wanted to, uh, you know, not let age be a factor there and really not only just have those designations, but have that experience and, and that knowledge. Uh, so that was when I, I tried to study for the exam, uh, you know, back in 2016. Uh, I passed the exam in July because uh, I believe they only offer it two or three, three times during the year, maybe. Uh, and that was the summer segment. Uh, so I passed that uh, in July 2016 uh, and then was certified officially after all my documentation uh, at the end of August of 2016. So had it for uh, close to five years or so now, um, but it's, it's, it's a long, lengthy process, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. You know, you mentioned a couple things that I thought was uh, things that I thought about as well, and I'm sure most uh, uh, applicants would think. But I like that you talked a lot about, about the education, because there's a tremendous amount of academic rigor involved in getting a certified financial planner certificate and you also talked about how as a younger person that giving utilizing the cfp coursework gave you a, a boost of experience you know early on in your career right um, that when you were sitting in front of clients you were able to bring this experience with you even though you may be younger than they were at the time. Yeah, so, it's not just a designation, some credentials. I mean, you, you learn some good knowledge behind it as well. So Absolutely. Now, I came out of the institutional uh, investment consulting world. And it, in that delivery system, if you will, of con investment consulting advice, I was working with pensions, foundations, and endowments. And working with boards who were tasked with managing money on behalf of the pensioners or the the organization or the university, but they only meet occasionally. Uh, Decision-making is a very different sort of scenario in the institutional world than it is in the individual world. And I found myself thinking, you know, I want more client engagement. I want to be more intimately involved with our clients and making recommendations to them to better their situation financially. So while I was an institutional investment consultant, I sat and studied for the, the CFP myself. 
passed the exam, went through all the, the coursework, et cetera, went through the whole um, uh, process of getting you know the CFP, and then began looking for a firm that I wanted to apply my new craft to and through, and, and ended here. And I'll share a little bit about that story a little later. I recognize that anybody that I meet today who's a certified financial planner, there's an immediate you know, sort of um, recognition of what we've each gone through you know, to, to achieve this. And uh, I'm very proud of mine, and I'm sure that you're very proud of yours as well. So as we're preparing for this, you know, you know, what does the Certified Financial Planner Board say about the Certified Financial Planner Program? Well, here's what they say. The certification is the standard of excellence in financial planning. CFP professionals meet rigorous education, training, ethical standards, and are committed to serving their clients' best interests today to prepare them for a more secure tomorrow. And I like the way that they put that, okay? The client's best interest today to prepare them for a more secure tomorrow. What that means to me at least is that when we engage with our clients and we're providing financial recommendations and advice to them, it starts today, but it continues hopefully for many, many, many years as we see the plan come to fruition and we watch our clients and help our clients and work with our clients to achieve their goals and objectives. And that's very satisfying. The program for the Certified Financial Planners has been around now for since 1985. Prior to that, it was more loose-knit organizations, but it became more of the, the CFP board took over in 1985. And to date, there are somewhere in the neighborhood of 90,000 CFP professionals working on behalf of clients. That's a significant increase. It was good to see that, you know, there's a lot of financial advisors that are CFPs out there now. Um, that number uh, wasn't that large even a few years ago. No, it wasn't. It, the, the profession of being a certified financial planner is expanding tremendously. I know it's offered through different colleges and universities now, and that's a good thing. Teaching younger people about managing money and that the fact that there's a career path for those who want to help others manage money is, is something that's very gratifying as well. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know it's part of Georgia's program now um, through not part of Terry, but through uh, Housing Consumer Econ. Uh, they've got a big financial planning school there. Uh, I wasn't even aware of it at the time through college, but now they're really marketing it well uh, and having that uh, as you're not only your major, but kind of starting out in that profession outside of just the, the finance uh, side of things. Yes, I've seen that. My uh, my daughter goes to University of Georgia, so I've, I've looked at that program. And they offer scholarships as well to create a little more diversity in this profession. They offer scholarships to, to women, to people of color, people of need, in order to broaden the base of financial planners to broaden the, the larger economic base and society itself. To, to get the Certified Financial Planner Certificate really consists of four steps. Now, there's a great deal of detail within these four steps. Basically, they're, you're going to complete the coursework requirement, pass the CFP exam, meet the experience requirement, which we haven't talked about yet, and then you submit to a background check and you agree to certain fitness standards that you will adhere to. Yeah, they, they call those actually on their website the four E's, the education, examination, experience, and, and ethical um, side of things. So uh, the four E's are part of the, the overall process in order to get your CFP uh, certification. Um, you, you mentioned just coursework. Uh, obviously, uh, you have to have a bachelor's degree uh, before you're able to take this coursework. Uh, and there's all, uh, certain programs that the CFP board uh, 
has registered through their program. So there's uh, a few different ways that you can take them, uh, but they all cover the same educational coursework of uh, six main foundational courses. Uh, you have the, the fundamentals of financial planning. Uh, then you go through uh, risk management. That's all sorts of risk management uh, and insurance, uh, retirement planning, uh, estate planning, income planning, and then uh, the investment side of things. Um, I know each was uh, very rigorous, uh, but they're all very different. Uh, I don't know about you, Brad. I mean, I thought uh, income planning was probably the hardest for me, and then estate, estate planning probably number two. Um, just a lot of numbers in there and a lot of different scenarios that you didn't run into as often uh, just being on the, the overall financial planning side of things previously. Well, there is quite a bit of academic rigor here. and I was, uh, took mine through a course at a university here in the Atlanta area. Now, there are different ways for different individuals to, to go through this coursework. I found that you know, the Fundamentals of Financial Planning was a very interesting course. It was a little broader. Uh, it brought in many aspects, so it almost felt like it was the last course, <laughs> but it was actually the first course because it took into a concept you know, investments and tax, retirement. I found tax to be very difficult, quite frankly. I did too, and I was uh, actually uh, very happy when the CFP board uh, – allowed you to uh, have a cheat sheet on the exam of actual brackets. So you didn't have to memorize that. Uh, that was one of the hardest parts, having to remember exact brackets uh, during a uh, timed exam. That wasn't easy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, individuals each find their own way to, to do this type, this academic coursework. You can do self-study. You can do it online now, of course. You can find a classroom environment. I, I needed the, the cohort around me. I needed a group of individuals with the professor standing up front. I went to Oglethorpe University. It was one of the... Uh, oldest uh, CFP courses around. Um, it was offered through their um, adult learning center at the time. There were 16 people that started in the course. By the time it finished, there was three. Oh, wow. Yeah, and two passed the CPA, the CFP exam. So it's uh, it's not a given that just because you start, you're, you're going to finish. It, it, it took quite a bit of work. Uh, I did it in, I think, 27 months start to finish. That's about, I think they're usually about close to two years. Yeah. Um, I did the self-study actually uh, through the American College uh, and it took about that long uh, start to finish. Um, at the time actually my, my roommate was uh, in med school and uh, trying to become a uh, you know, specialty so he was always uh, always locking himself in the room studying and I come home from work and realize uh, there's probably some extra uh, studying or uh, um, you know some certification I, I could really get so it, for those two years I really grinded it out uh, through self-study program through the American College. Uh, you mentioned Oglethorpe uh, and Georgia has a good program. I know Texas A&M. So there's a lot of schools that offer these uh, as educational programs and majors, uh, as well as the self-study programs. You know, in each, in each coursework, you know, before you can move on to the next one, you have uh, learning checkpoints. So we had exams, midterms, quizzes all along the way. And before you could move from one class to the next, you had to pass the first one, right? Right. Did you have to do a, uh, we had to do a um, kind of a case study at the end, a full-on comprehensive plan? Yeah, we called it a capstone. Capstone class, yeah. Yeah, and then you had to actually present it to somebody. I mean, I did it, you know, via computer online to a, some, you know, someone on the CFP board who, or who had agreed to on, act on behalf of the CFP board. And then it was graded, and then it was sent back to me later on as a, what I scored on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. So it was a very interesting thing. I sat at my dining room table <laughs> and did that. It was a little before this time when we do so much on Zoom uh, and go to meeting. That was a big deal then. That sure was. Absolutely. And then the exam. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. So uh, the exam, uh, you mentioned that you the, all the requirements to go even to sit for the exam. Uh, then you got to take the exam. Uh, it can be pretty brutal. Uh, it's usually taking at a testing center uh, during the pandemic. I believe they actually allowed you to do it virtually uh, with cameras that can make sure that you weren't cheating. Um, but usually it's taken at a uh, testing center. Uh, and and in, it's a grind. Uh, it's 170 questions. Uh, multiple choice, but they, uh, they're not just easy A, B, C, D questions. They're uh, very detail-oriented, uh, and they all take uh, a long time to think through. Um, it used to actually be a two-day test. Now they've crammed it into a, a one-day, almost seven-hour exam. Uh, it's two different sections, uh, a three-hour plus uh, first section, a little break, and then another uh, three-hour session. So uh, it's definitely a grind. Uh, I don't know what you did to study for it. I did a uh, Ken Zahn uh, was a, uh, a exam prep. Um, so that was very useful. Uh, after you've already kind of gotten the knowledge and ready to sit for the exam on kind of uh, some specifics of ways that uh, you might be able to take the uh, exam a little better. Um, you mentioned just the rigor that goes into studying this. Just because you've taken uh, the coursework to sit for this doesn't mean you're pass. I mean, the pass rate's uh, still very low. Um, so you really have to understand how to take this exam. It's kind of like the, uh, the CPA exam or maybe a, you know, a law degree uh, in order to sit for there. So um, it, it definitely takes a lot of time uh, learning uh, all the specifics of everything. Yeah, I went to a, a Ken Zahn course as well. It was a week-long course. Uh, I went up, I took it in Chicago because it was uh, offered at that point in time. And that gave me just enough time to go through the week's course and then study up on the things that I needed to study after that just before I took the exam. So that Ken Zahn course was like drinking from a fire hose. I'll tell you what, they came at you from minute one. We sat down at 8 a.m. on Monday morning, and we took an exam. <laughs> and then studied again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I remember one day sitting there at lunch, and the, 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 the teacher said, Brad, are you going to go? I said, no, I'm just going to sit here a little bit. I am just absolutely worn out from all these exams. And I was at that point thinking, Oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Exactly. But uh, it'd be tough without something like that. It's not just yeah. a self-study. You really need to know how to take this exam. Yeah, I think that uh, to study for it, you know, I ultimately ended up at, you know, taking prep tests that I could find online, answering as many questions as I could. I think by the time it was done, I'd answered over 2,500 questions just preparing for those 170 that I was going to Exactly. Say. You mentioned how, much, how broad uh, the category of, of topics we had to study just to be narrowed down to 170 questions. So it's a lot. And then after we pass the exam, we have to actually have real-life experience before the CFB board is going to actually give us that certificate. And there's a couple different ways to do this through, through your work. Uh, they, they require 6,000 hours to grant you your certificate after you've passed the exam. 6,000 hours, that's three years. That's three years of straight employment of uh, uh, working with a CFP. 2,000 hours a year, billable hours. Three years of understanding your client's personal financial circumstances, identifying and selecting goals for them, analyzing courses of action for them to take, developing a financial planning recommendation, implementing financial planning recommendations, then monitoring their progress and updating them as needed. All that, 6,000 hours before you're actually going to get the certificate that you can then present yourself as a certified financial planner. You know, that itself takes a lot, quite frankly. I had had several years of, of experience, I said, you know, in the institutional consulting, and we did a lot of that at an institutional level. 
Um, so I was able to apply those hours to it. So I began uh, utilizing my credential immediately after I took the exam, which which I thought was very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I was pretty similar to that working at the same time. So kind of uh, those three years kind of blended into the time when I finished the exam. Uh, other than that, though, you, you know, mentioned uh, you're able to take these certification exams right out of college if you've gone through the programs. Uh, you know, they can sit for the CFP exam and pass a, the exam. A lot of times they have to wait a few years after college in order to actually use the marks because they don't have the uh, experience side of things. Right. They have a separate uh, pathway for, for individuals like that where a they can be tutored or supervised by a CFP. And they can shorten that down to, I think, 4,000 hours or two years you know, worth of experience where that supervisor actually signs off on these seven different topics that, you know, that they've had experience in and after two years can use the marks themselves. So, yeah. So for a younger person, you know, you can get your CFP, you can then, you know, work for two years under the tutelage of a CFP professional, get your marks and become a certified financial planner. Yeah, it's, it's been great for a profession in advancing this as actual career, not just the sales side of financial advising, but financial planning as a career, career path. Then after the academic and the experience components are met, there's still a third component to becoming a certified financial planner. Yeah, so that, that's the ethical side of things. Um, so it's the fitness standards for ethical behavior. Uh, they, they ask that you have a commitment to high ethical and professional standards. Uh, in order to do that, you have to uh, complete... Uh, ethics declaration and agreement, uh, basically uh, almost like a fiduciary pledge. Uh, you have to submit uh, to a background check. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, you know, the fiduciary ca- uh, commitment to put your client's interest ahead of your own uh, during the fiduciary oath. Um, so uh, after you've completed the coursework, passed the exam, and have the experience, uh, you still have to go through uh, the ethical component of things. Uh, I actually just uh, recertified my CFP exam uh, this week, uh, and you still have to go through uh, the agreement and the contract, uh, you have to do uh, 30 hours of CE credits as well as uh, additional two hours of CE uh, ethical credits on top of that. So uh, they really want uh, the ethical side of thing to be a part of this as well. Now you get to go out in the world and find yourself a job, work with people, helping them achieving their financial goals. You know, there's just a variety of ways to go about doing this, isn't there, Matthews? I mean, the, the, you can help people in such a wide variety of ways uh, as a certified financial planner. Why don't you share with us a couple that, uh, that you know about there? Yeah, so kind of the designation, uh, funny enough, kind of started with insurance brokers and agents uh, right before, uh, you know, at the time from the investment side, it was really stockbrokers, so it wasn't a big thing. But now it's kind of blended into the whole industry uh, as a whole. Uh, you could really be focused on the investment side of things, uh, as I mentioned, as a broker uh, through a wirehouse or through some type of broker-dealer. Uh, through insurance sales, you could be with a big insurance broker, uh, whether that be uh, a captive one or kind of an independent uh, agency, uh, as well as financial planning. Uh, overall, encompassing financial planning, there's a lot of different firms out there uh, now that focus uh, on financial planning. Outside the financial planning side of things, there's also kind of the investment side of things. Uh, you could work through uh, investment consulting, kind of like you used to, Brad, portfolio management. Uh, which we also do here at a firm, but uh, a lot of different ways that you could apply the CFP designation from the investment side, planning side, or other other sales side. So it is a, although you're a CFP, the, there are very broad ways that you can utilize them. Absolutely. Uh, there's many different ways as, as you find comfortable. It's for a professional looking for 
you know, to apply the, the, their, their profession. It's really important to look for a work environment that supports the way you want to do your work. You mentioned insurance sales and you know, investment sales. Um, these are commission-based environments, okay? When you're working with your clients, you're getting paid through a commission when they purchase pr investment products and services from you. There's fee-based work environments where as you're working with clients, you are being compensated through a mixture of fees and commissions. And then there's fee-only work environments. Fee-only means that you're only compensated by billing your clients for the advice that you give them. There's no other revenue stream associated with that advice as well. And, th and that's actually probably the smallest portion of uh, the work environment, as you mentioned. Commission-based are usually insurance-type brokers and uh, kind of most of the world's going away from that, but there's a lot of fee based out there. Fee only is the smaller side of things. At Wiser Wealth Management, uh, we are a fee only firm. Uh, there are some good ways that you can find uh, CFP pros. Uh, you can go to CFP.net, find a CFP professional. Uh, but as we mentioned, you know, there's a lot of different ways that CFPs provide their businesses and their services. Uh, so we actually believe in the fee only side of things. So in order to find uh, fee only CFP professionals, you can go to uh, napfa.org, N-A-P-F-A.org, and find uh, not only CFPs, but fee-only CFPs. You know, here at Wiser Wealth, we are all fee-only financial planning and wealth management firm. We act as a fiduciary in every recommendation we make to our clients. The only revenues our firms have is from the fees we charge to our clients for the services we provide to them. We have no other source of revenues and therefore no other conflicts of interest. Really, it's a matter of trust. Unless people already know us or may have been referred to us, people looking for financial advice as conflict-free need to find a firm that they can trust to do that because that's all we offer is trust. And the way to look for a firm, as you said, is through NAPFA. You can look for a firm online. You have to find a firm that you trust. And the way to do that is to look the way that it's structured. The structure is promotes the trust for example, we are an independent, fee-only financial planning firm offering our services as a fiduciary. We have no affiliations with any other firm that might persuade us to provide certain products and services to our clients that provide a stream of revenue. We have no revenue sharing agreements with any outside firm. We hire and employ skilled service workers, certified financial planners, and we act as a fiduciary in every recommendation that we make. So it's really the structure of our firm that promotes trust that our clients can feel when they walk in and ask us for advice. And I'm proud to say that here at Wiser Wealth, we provide that to our clients. It makes me feel good every day when I go home. Matthews, great talking to you today. Yeah, enjoyed it, Brad, and enjoyed catching up about uh, some uh, good time studying there. <laughs> Very well. Thank you. Thank you.